Well, bad news. Momo called the wedding off. Uh, I told you. I told you. That's it. Well, I guess Arnold couldn't compete with Clark Gable. Nobody can. Hey! (laughs) Almost nobody. Fly with me, Dave Jessica, November 2019 edition. Playing the Elton John version from the uh, movie Tommy, Pinball Wizard. Yeah. It's a little more powerful than the original. Got a little more guitar action. Obviously, a little more keyboard. You're going to put Elton John in the movie. How cool is Elton John? I still haven't seen that movie yet. I got to see that movie. Rocket Man? Anyway, uh, how are you, everybody, and welcome to the show, and uh, there's a reason for playing Pinball Wizard today, and uh, we'll all get to that in uh, a second and all, but I hope everybody's doing good. It's uh, taping on a, on a Friday, a beautiful Friday afternoon in New York City, a bit chilly, but uh, that's all right. It's all caused to global warming, and that'll all fix itself, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, let's uh, move on from this, because I'm actually watching the video, and it's distracting. Um, because Elton John is so cool. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show, and I uh, hope everybody's having a good evening or a good morning, whatever, however you listen to the show. And uh, last week, of course, we had uh, Courtney Davis and Olga Neighbor on, and that was an interesting episode. I mean, they were a lot of fun. Um, I really just thought I was going to keep it. I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go, but they turned out to be very entertaining, and um, I thought it was a super fun show. I hope... You felt similar. I don't know. I uh, like to think that everybody had a good time and that, that the, these podcasts are just keeping everybody amused for the time being while we, uh, I don't know, all find our way in life. Uh, obviously, that's what I'm trying to do, which is odd for somebody my age, but uh, it comes when it comes, and that's what you have to do. Lots of interesting things to report today. Uh, well, I'll, I'll just, um, I guess I'll go in order. 
Uh, but first, before we begin, I will tell you about uh, this uh, comes up. What on the? Uh, mm, I was going to check the calendar. This comes out on November twelfth, which is a day before November thirteenth, the day Felix Unger was asked to leave a place of residence. That request came from his wife. Deep down, he knew she was right. Um, so this comes out on November 12th. The week after that is November 19th, my big show at the Comedy Cellar, uh, starring Colin Quinn, Rachel Feinstein, Dave Landau, Joe Mackey, and me, and Vic Henley. Sorry. Well, he doesn't listen, so I don't have to worry, but that's rude. I knew there was a fifth person. I, I don't have it in front of me. I'm just going by memory, and I'm telling you, I feel like it's going to get sold out because it's a good lineup. It's a fun show. I made a good flyer this time. I think it'll be good. The next day after that, on November 20th, I'm actually opening for Artie Lang again. I'm hosting the show with him and, if you can believe it, Mike Pichetti at the Westside Comedy Club on November 20th. I think that's still in gear. And uh, November 21st, I think Rachel Feinstein and I are performing at, get ready, Rutgers. Uh, that ought to be interesting. Well, I've performed in front of a college crowd in over 30 years. I assume it's still the same, right? You can still say the N-word and and fag and all that kind of... Right? You can still... No? I don't think you could do that back then either, but... You know, I'm going to try. I'm going to go back to the old days and see if I can just be like, hey, what's up with chicks trying to make it in the workplace, right? Come on, everybody. <laughs> well, they used to get huge laughs. What's happening? Rachel's already been telling me. I'm like, why'd you even ask me to open? You're already be like, okay, um, I wouldn't open with what you usually open with, and don't close with that thing. And then the middle, whatever you're doing, don't do that. But uh, I don't care. I'm doing what everybody, anybody asks. I'm actually doing a, a benefit next Saturday for Jim Gaffigan's wife, um, some sort of kids charity. <laughs> it's not a kids charity. It's just a, it's a brunch with kids. I think I'm performing for children. I think it's come to this. And then I'm going to uh, go to something I've been waiting to go for to my whole life, which is the, uh, it used to be called Prairie Home Companion, uh, which they filmed sometime in t Town Hall. But of course, they changed the name. I think it's now called Live From Here. Tom Pop is the head writer. I've always wanted to go see the show being taped. Marina's going to be on it. And I've been all about Marina Franklin these past couple of weeks. Uh, making sure she gets better from her cancer scare and uh, so we can all relax and have a good time together. But, of course, that brings me to uh, well, what I was going to talk about Saturday. But let's open up. I keep thinking there was something else I had to say about comedy. No, I wanted to tell you about the cars. That's what it was. Uh, so uh, you're... Turbocharge update, the uh, movie that me and Guillermo Salazar made about Rick Ocasek and his band, The Cars, the now deceased Rick Ocasek, um, you know, coming out soon. I'm pushing for a November 13th, the day Felix Unger uh, left his place of residence. That would be, well, that would be the day after this comes out. Uh, I can't be sure. This is what I told Memo. Well, Maybe it'll be a week later, but uh, the, the closed captioning is finished. It's completed, so now there's no issue with that. Now we're just trying to get the logo, which I should have by Monday, and I told Memo to come over Wednesday, and let's uh, let's do this. Let's put this up so we can move on and all, uh, you know, relax and see what happens. But there's a little wrinkle, in a way, 
I, I suppose you can call it a wrinkle. Just today, as I'm taping this on Friday, November 8th, a little wrinkle in the car's world happened. It's very interesting. It makes us possibly dislike Rick Ocasek, but on the other side, we don't know the flip side of the story. But today, Rick Ocasek, we found out, left his wife of 28 years, the beautiful Paulina Poroskova, out of his will. Cut the shit out of her just like my uncle did to me and my sister. Cut her the cut her the fuck out of the will. Just left it going. Cut out his two uh, kids from a previous marriage. And he had just signed that will in August. So it's not like it was like he signed it years ago. I think he was very angry. I guess it wasn't as amenable a divorce and they weren't and it wasn't finalized as we thought it was there must have been some uh, other issue I mean I have the paper right here from the New York Post today but although Sarah's been telling me the post is skewered skewed uh, but I think that's just when Trump is involved I don't think it has anything to, I don't know why they'd make up stuff about Rick O'Kane but he feels that Paulina abandoned him abandoned him god i'm an idiot uh i know most of you know and he feels uh, uh he was angry and he feels paulina abandoned him and i guess he changed his will and he goes fuck her we don't know the story maybe she did i mean it was odd that all of a sudden they'd get divorced like that and she's still way hot but something must have happened maybe she knew he was getting sick and she didn't want to be a part of it i i don't know but he felt abandoned and he said um I don't know. You know, it's funny because she was bringing him coffee on the Sunday morning, so I don't know how that's abandoning, but we don't know what his story is. Meanwhile, he apparently only had $5 million, He only had $5 million in copyrights and just $100,000 in tangible personal property and $15,000 in cash. Now, they say, uh, a lot. That, you know, that he should have had a lot more than that, that a lot of people like him, uh, celebrities, have many millions of dollars worth of assets stored somewhere else. So I guess we'll see. But if their divorce wasn't finalized, and I'm not sure, I'm trying to look it up to see if it was final, then I don't think she's going to have a problem. I mean, if it's not finalized, they were in the process of divorcing. So even if I should die before a divorce is final, oh, we put that in the uh, in the will. So wow, he was pretty goddamn angry. I'm sure she has money of her own, but still, you know, what does that say? Now, you know, now, Rick, now, you know what? Now I can't wait to put out this movie and show what an asshole he was because, you know what? Now you've made it bad for guys like me. I'm never going to be able to marry Supermodel now because now they're going to be like, oh, he'll dick me over later. Even 30 years where clearly, you know, I still loved him. He's going to dick me over. I mean, obviously, they're going to know I don't have any money. But, um, you know, he's ruined it for all of us guys that had hopes that, you know, if you learn to play the guitar, you might be able to meet a woman. And now Rick has ruined it for all of us. And now, you know what? Now he doesn't deserve this movie. Uh, no, he does. And they all do. And um, the movie will um, just... I Now, actually, I think Paulina will be like, yeah, good. I'm glad they made that movie. What an asshole. Because I don't look bad in it. So, uh, you know, how are you going to make Paulina look bad? So, uh, that's an interesting twist to everything that's going on. But as long as they're in the news, that's good for us. Uh, again, now I don't know. Well, now, well, 
what are they going to sue me? Where are they going to get money from? They're like, we're going to take the $1.99 you made from that one person. That made, okay, you got it. You got it, dude. Who knows? It clearly says unauthorized. Um, so anyway, that's the story. So, you know, we are, everything is rolling along to put it out sooner than later. And then I will also, I believe, be putting out more content. I think what I'm going to do, if this Amazon Prime thing works, is just continue to put out content, uh, maybe piece together some of the Godfather stuff I've done. I have it all on video and I'm, I have three cameras and maybe I'll just piece those little things together. And, um, you know, I'll just keep putting out stuff until somebody, you know, until I get those cease and desist letters. So <laughs> just <laughs> that's my big plan. And that's always been my plan. Screw everybody. I'm sure I can get out of it somehow. We'll see. Anyway, uh, that's that news for uh, today. Turbocharge information. Now, if we open up where we left off yes, uh, last week uh, with Olga and Courtney, uh, interesting episode. Uh, her song, hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and she was so nervous about play. She's like, no, no I got to wait till it's released. Whatever you say. Um, so I'm sure the video will be uh, perfect and uh, also funny. And, um, but, you know, they were hilarious. And so then we went out after. So I believe Courtney said on the program that she's rather well off. Um, you know, she married quite well. And uh, she has things of her own going on anyway. So after we left here, you know, I usually take my podcast guests to dinner or something. I usually get a little coffee before and then uh, then you get a meal. That's uh, it's the Dave Jessica way, which, of course, I used to be able to write off. And now um, Trump changed all that and kind of ruined me. And now I owe so much on taxes because uh, whatever. But still, anybody that comes all the way over here and uh, sits for an hour and a half deserves, I feel, you know, a snack. It's, it's like the least I could do. I don't see any other podcast doing that. I should be having A-list guests if I'm taking them out to dinner after the podcast all the time, don't you think? Anyway, so Courtney goes, no, let's go to Nobu. Now, Nobu... I don't know whether you know about it, but it's like the most expensive shishiest place for sushi in town. Uh, you know, that's where Howard Stern goes all the time. And like, you know, all the A-listers go to Nobu. Nobu is the place to be. It's the place to be seen. Their sushi is supposed to be the best. But now that I've tried it, it I'm like, eh. But it's the place. It's the place. And uh, Courtney's like, let's go over there. We'll take an Uber over there. I mean, it's right on the street. I mean, every time I take... My every time I take out my car and I park it and I'm on the way back, I pass Nobu and I'm like, someday I want to go in there. So I was kind of excited that she wanted to go. I'm like, well, I can't take you guys out for that. You know, I don't want a tiny budget here. I mean, I don't mind spending way above my means, but that's it. She goes, no, no I'll take care of it. And, and I feel bad because I wanted to buy them a meal, but she doesn't really seem to care at all. Um, so I'm just like, let's, you know, I'm a go with the flow kind of guy now. You know what I'm saying, right? Uh, and it was like a rainy day and I was already at my house, but all right, I'll hop into a, an Uber with you guys and we'll do this. And we went and we had a, a very nice time and we just, uh, they, they weren't open. Like we finished at like five o'clock and they don't open till like five forty, So we were just sitting at the bar, but it was already crowded with happy hour. And, you know, we just got a bunch of stuff and I was, you know, those girls don't eat sushi. So why they were there, I, I don't know. But, you know, again, it's a place to be seen. 
So they want to talk to people and meet people. But I like I wanted to try the sushi. I'm like, can you please get me a tuna? Just a regular tuna sushi. I want to try it. And it was pretty good. It wasn't like the best I ever had, but it was like warm. So I kind of liked that. I think that's the way you're supposed to serve it in Japan or something. But um, I mean, it was good. And I was certainly full and we got some appetizers. And it was it was fun. It was still a fun time. Had a couple of drinks. Um, this guy next to us we met actually knew my uh, went to school with my cousin who owns the Devils, of course, because that's who you meet. At Nobu, those kind of people who went to the University of Pennsylvania, um, and uh, but we had, but we had a really good time, a really good time, and then uh, it was funny because you know Olga knows Courtney really well. Obviously, as we talked about it, I knew her first, but Olga knows Courtney really well, and she knows her so well that uh, she's one of those people that apparently, you know, will when she has a couple of drinks, becomes just completely different. Like, she has everything together. She's organized. She's all this. But after, like, two drinks, she is, uh, you know, an idiot. I don't know what else to I, I don't know what else to call it in the fact that, you know, she's somewhere else. And it was funny because Olga said that was going to be the case. And then it completely, like, there's a, a flip, a switch flip. She's not unruly, and she's not, you know, crazy or anything, like, uh, you know, that girl Trish I've told you about before. But, um... You know, it's like where I was trying to walk around. She was getting a, a an Uber to go home, and I'm like, "Well, let." And I'll get, I was going to walk her to the next place she had to be with her sister, and I said, "Well, let's make sure Courtney gets in a cab or whatever she's taking." And we're like, and it was raining pretty hard, and I said, "Courtney, why, why don't wait with us under this awning?" And she's just outside looking at her phone in the rain, like she didn't know enough to get out of the rain. Is the point of the story, which is. Kind of hilarious. Um, but, you know, I just made sure she did get home okay. I mean, I wasn't worried about that. She wasn't, like, falling down. We didn't have that much to drink or anything, but it's kind of funny. We're like, like, why isn't she paying attention to us? And Olga's like, no, she does. If she's been drinking, she just does that. Um, again, I have seen so much worse. And it wasn't bad. It was just kind of funny. I'm like, why don't you hang out with us here underneath this covering? where you could completely see it was like a wide opening where you could see the uh, cab coming and she wasn't even looking for the cab. I don't know what she was doing, but she wouldn't come out of the rain, uh, which was, uh, you know, funny because you're like, wait, you don't know enough to come out of the rain. And that's kind of funny. But uh, I had a good time and uh, I felt good after the show. And uh, yeah, I like those two girls. They're okay. Hey, they're okay. You know? So then uh, the next day, um, I, next day was, right, right. So the next day, oh, yeah. So, you know, Marina Franklin, is she's had breast cancer and she's making it aware to people now. It was a secret before, but she had a lumpectomy and got it removed. And then there's a radiation process you have to do so they can zap it all out and make sure it's all gone. And I'd been taking her up to the hospital. Um, she goes every day. And I said, you know, we started this thing. I'm like, let me come up. I'll take you over. And then we'll walk home so we get a little exercise. It's a very long walk, but whatever. And I did it earlier than the week. And then she's like, can you come on Friday? It's my last day. And I get to ring this bell. And um, I was like, uh, okay, sure. You know, I mean, when she said the last day, because I'd already gone that week, and I'm like, oh, I'm not getting anything done. You know, in my head, I'm not getting anything done. It's not her fault. I'm just saying, I'm like, meanwhile, 
you know, I could not go and I'm still not going to get anything done. Um, what do you say? I got to wake up early. Ah, oh, man, what's that all about? So um, anyway, I went up there and then it turns out she fucked up. It wasn't her last day. Monday was her last day. And I was like, oh, you're so annoying. And um, so we met this other girl that I hadn't seen in many years. And she had a a boyfriend who was a comic named Mike DiStefano who died. And I went to his funeral many years ago. And now she's also a, quote, it's not a quote. I'm sorry, that seemed rude. Survivor. I'll tell you why I'm telling you this in a second. She's a survivor. Um, I'm not making fun. I'm saying she also had, but she talks with this thick guy. Dave, I'm also a survivor. So you have to understand. I know what Maureen is going through. And you've got to make sure when you're a survivor to make sure that the other survivors do. And it's just so funny. I mean, she's really nice and everything. But these people from out of town, all they do is comment on our country a lot and stuff. Because the problem with Americans is they're all up. And I'm like, you know, you're American now. So uh, shut up. You see this all the time, you know, that they do it, uh, people from Puerto Rico. The, pro- the problem with this country is that they know everybody. The French people do it. I, I can't do the accent. Everybody tells us what the problem with the country is while they're living here, which is classic. Marina and I were talking about this the other day. We're like, what, what, uh, why, are they, uh, why are they telling us what's wrong with us? You know, they're like, everybody's narcissistic, and they're all like that. But if you say everybody's narcissistic, you're probably narcissistic. When you're talking about yourself that you seem to know how to fix the country, why don't you shut up? I mean, uh, yeah, that ain't cool. So, yeah, whatever. She was nice, but she's a survivor. Dave, I'm a survivor. And I will uh, tell you more about this in a second. I just want to finish my day on Friday. So then we went out. We had some lunch. Uh, Rachel was with us again. We had a good time, but I had a big plan that day. Because then I had to go down all the way from Columbia Hospital, that's 168th Street, then all the way down to Soho, which is like at the end of the island almost, to get a haircut. And then I walked all the way over to the East Village where Sarah was so I can drop off these T-shirts for where Sarah Silverman was uh, because I was helping John Ritter's widow, Amy Yazbek, with her charity the next day. So I was running around, and then I said, you know what, as long as, oh, then I went to the cellar to see if ST was going to be there, because I want to, you know, talk up this Elon and a couple of other things, but she wasn't there, but I got to talk to Liz, and we talked about a bunch of stuff, because, you know, I'm trying to do this Love Actually thing again in December, I just want to make sure, and then, you know, uh, I was like, you know, I'm right in the West Village, should I go to Jersey and make my bets? I know. I know, it's pathetic. I was right near the path train. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I went one stop. I made these bets. I'm so stupid. And I came right back. I just, ugh, it's so embarrassing. But I was, (laughs) and the worst part is, is that, uh, you know, when I came back, I'm like, what a productive day. (laughs) I mean, it's so pathetic. Um. Yeah, I even went to Jersey and made my bets, you know? Like, I'm like, I put that into the mix. Like, that's a thing. Like, like you're a moron. You're a moron, Dave Juskow. That's the new Charlie Brown um, episode that they're going to call. And anyway, so then I went home and I was, you know, exhausted. I had a really long day, but I forgot that I was supposed to go out with Memo 
in Queens with this girl that had come to town who I used to, a friend of his from college, and we used to date. And she was coming to town with her new boyfriend who was running the marathon that day. And I was like, she's coming to town with a boyfriend? I mean, this is a girl that used to send me like, I'll always love you, it'd be great, whatever. And I mean, she's crazy, but she's kind of sexy. She's really sexy. I mean, she's up, you know, she's up for some stuff. I mean, this, this, this is this girl, right? First of all, this is why we broke up. I was sitting there and we were, she was over here one day and she goes, I was, <laughs> Spider-Man 2 was on. It was like in, during the day, you know, after we woke up or something. And Spider-Man 2 was on and I'm doing all the lines because I can't help myself. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I, I, I can't help myself. I know all the lines to this. And, and then she's like, no, I, I think it's cool. And that's when I broke, I'm like, you think, what the hell is the matter with how could anyone think that? What kind of girl would ever think that's cool? What's the matter with you? And I had to break it off right there. That was a problem. I mean, that's such a Seinfeld blow off. But any girl that think that that's cool, that I know all the words of Spider-Man 2 is obviously a moron. Now, of course, you're looking at it a different way. Are you insane? This girl actually thought that was cool and you broke up with her? But that's the kind of idiot I am. I can't go out with somebody that finds that cool. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and a man in my position can't be made to look ridiculous. Anyway, if she's coming to town with a new boy, then I got to do something about it. So I invited Audrey to come with me because she lives in the neighborhood. I'm like, that'll be perfect. That'll really make her angry. Here's a girl that's 20 years younger. And we'll hang out. So I actually went. I couldn't believe it. I was like exhausted because I had to go home, take a nap. And then I'm like, you know what? If I take an Uber there, I think I can do this. Um, I'll regret it if I don't go. So I went and I told Audrey to come and I made it. And then, um, you know, remember I've told you a hundred times, I, I don't want Audrey to keep grabbing my friend's contacts. It's weird. There's nothing wrong with it. I don't think she's going to call or be like, ah, blah, blah, blah. It's just weird, and we've talked about this before, and I've told her about it before, and we've had conversations about it before, and Memo knows all about it, and all my friends know about it, and they think it's weird, but we've talked about it, and we've opened up, and we've moved on from it. Meanwhile, at the end of the night, oh, no, first, there's more. So the reason I played Pinball Wizard up front is because then we went to Memo's Bar, which is a pinball bar called Solid State in Queens, and we went there, and we're playing pinball. Now, obviously, Audrey, who just turned 23, she doesn't know anything about pinball. She doesn't understand what's happening. She's never heard the song Pinball Wizard before. She doesn't know how popular it was when I was a kid. And it wasn't even popular back then. It was popular way before that, that the one pizza place in town would have a pinball machine. And you had to become good at it if you were cool. Just like in the Bad News Bears. I mean, what's Kelly Leak doing when we see him? He's playing pinball. I think he's playing air hockey, but he's also it's a pinball place. And, I mean, she doesn't know anything about it. And she's going crazy. And I'm like, wait, hold on a second. I'll put the money, but I think you can, you know, you got to, there's a way to play two players. She goes, you can't play two players. And I'm like, of course you can play two players. No, how do you play two players? You can't play two players. She's like headstrong, like going crazy. I'm like, I promise you, you can play two players. You just have to figure out how to do it. And I'm looking for the thing. She goes, no, just press the button. Just press the green button. It's lit up like a little child. Like there's a green button. Let's just press it. Just press it. I'm like, hold on a second. Just relax. The owner, the other owner, you know, Memo's partner is right here. I'm going to ask him. How do you pay two bills? He goes, press the button twice. I'd forgotten. Press the button twice. Joe Messina knew. I, I forgot. I don't know. I was a little drunk. And I'm just like, just hold on a second. And I press, and I, I was like really annoying. I'm like, what the fuck is the matter with you? 
Are you on Adderall again? What the fuck kind of attitude? It's like a, it's like a child. Now I know she's just twenty three, so she is a child. But you know, then I was. I mean, I hang out with my other friends, Caitlin and Natalie. They're twenty four. They don't act like that. So there's something wrong with her. It was annoying. And then at the end of the day, she goes, "Memo, I still don't have your number. Can I get your number?" Right in front of me. She knows I don't like this. Damn it. What's the matter with you? Memo just gave her the number and he was looking at me because he knows. I'm like, we've talked about this in front of Memo. Why would you do this? I don't know what's up in her head. It was so weird. Memo and I went out to go to the taco truck afterwards. We were talking about it. Can you believe she asked for your number? He's like, I, he's, just, he's like, I know. I, I saw your face. And I was like, I'm done saying stuff. It's weird, man. It's fucking weird. Why does she want to contact Memo? What business is of it hers to contact Memo? And then one of my friends says, she's just trying to get all your contacts. But that doesn't make any sense. I don't think that's the reason she goes out with me to get my contacts. I mean, maybe there are certain girls that might, but I don't think it. I mean, why would you want to contact a girl I met in a bar who happens to be a friend of somebody else? I mean, it's, but it's weird. And again, you know, we go with the, the fact that these kids nowadays, sounding like an old man, usually... You know, just you follow somebody on Instagram. It's the easiest thing of all time. What does she need phone numbers for? It's weird. It's really weird. And uh, that made me a little upset. But I just let it go because I knew I was doing her show on Wednesday. More about that later. Now, on Saturday was the big... Uh, I don't even know what it's called. I have one of those shirts here. It's it's called the Ritter Run, named after John Ritter uh, for the aortic something fun. You know, whatever John Ritter died from, uh, how he was misdiagnosed, Amy Yazbek is way into the cause and still being like, you know, we're going to fight all these people that can do this. So now, as you know, I planned this event at Tommy Bahamas. And, uh, you know, she sent stuff to my house and I bring it there and I plan this event. So it was great going to Tommy Bahamas on a Saturday. I saw all my old friends. It was fun. I had a really good time. It was great to see everybody. And they're like, why, why, why are you involved with this? I'm like, and it, 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 I don't know. It was just, I'm like, I don't know. I just get involved with people. And so um, she came, Amy came late and, uh, you know, I, I had to just kind of meet everybody beforehand. And, you know, so then, there was this guy who was eating at Tommy Bahamas and he saw me wearing my shirt because no one else was wearing shirts. Amy says, you got to wear the shirts and her shirts are too, I look too fat in them. So fat in them. So I wore a long, a long sleeve shirt under it and to put it over it. And I thought that would help, but I still looked fat in it, but I had to wear the shirt. Meanwhile, no one else was wearing the shirts. I was I was like, come on, you told me everyone's going to wear the shirt. I mean, Amy was wearing the shirt, but uh, later on, so the guy saw me wearing the shirt and he goes, oh, you know, I had that problem. And I just, you know, I detected it early thanks to that organization. I'm like, well, actually, they're right here if you'd like to meet some of the people. So then I brought him in. He wasn't supposed to be there, this guy and his wife. They live in the city. Just a coincidence. And then Amy came up and she goes, you know, this guy works at NYU and he's a doctor and you probably just saved a thousand lives. And I'm like, you're welcome. No, I was like, really? What I, what I do? I just, uh, I just, uh, She's like, no, this guy's going to really help the, our cause a lot. It's amazing that you connected us with him. I'm like, well, that's what I do, right? I mean, I connect people when they want well, I don't even know what I'm doing there. I just, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I still feel like it's all a scam. Like when I'm doing these, quote, good deeds, I still feel like I'm, 
Like I'm scamming everyone for some reason. Like I'm doing them, but I'm not. It's just there's so many good deeds I'm doing lately. I feel like Cher Horowitz and Clueless. I think that's why I'm doing it. Because I first realized I had to make over my soul. I had to give myself snaps for all the good deeds I was doing. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. Everything's about Clueless. Um, oh, my goodness. But it was fun. It wasn't that uh, big of a turnout, but they did have the coconut shrimp there, which is amazing at Tommy Bob's. I don't really care for their food, but I've never had dinner there. So they also, the staff just put a whole box together of this chicken parmesan something which i bought home which i usually don't bring home but it was so delicious so thank you guys and thanks uh everybody was so nice it was so nice to see everybody um you know because i love that place and i can't go there in the weekdays because i might run into one of these jerk off some work so um i can't wait for them to leave that building and they're leaving soon every idiot in there i cannot wait um but that was uh you know, had a really good time. And then, uh, but, oh, so the thing is, the guy comes up to me. This is the whole point. And he says, I'm a survivor. That's what he said. I'm a survivor. And I'm like, what the fuck is, what is going, why am I meeting all these survivors? Why is this word all of a sudden in my head? I'm at the hospital. I mean, it makes sense in the hospital, right? But everybody's saying, I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. And my mother the other day says, I'm a survivor. And then I meet this guy. It's a completely different health thing. And he goes, I'm a survivor. And then I kept meeting all these people, and they're all from out of town. They're from Wisconsin. They're, they're all running the marathon. Or say, there's somebody running the marathon because it's connected to the marathon. They're like, oh, I'm a survivor. Oh, my husband is a survivor. I'm like, what, what is going on? And all I could think about, it was just so funny. I mean, it's not funny. I mean, it's wonderful that they're survivors, but I can't stop thinking about the Larry David episode. I've got to start coming to Temple more often. I'm glad I could uh, be helpful with this. Thank you. You're, Thank you so much. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. And I'll see you tomorrow night for dinner. Oh, yes. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, listen, um, Larry, I was talking to a friend of mine, and uh, he's a survivor. And uh, he would love to meet you. Would, would, would it be possible, I mean, for me to bring him to dinner? I mean, Of course. I, I don't want to impose or anything. There's no I mean, imposition at all. You want a friend of yours, bring him over. That's fine. Yeah, uh, that's you know, wonderful. it's just going to be my family. That's all. It's not thrilled. a big deal. It'll be absolutely thrilled. Okay. <laughs> all right. Go. Hello, Rabbi. Hello. This is Colby. Hi, Larry. Nice to meet you. Where's this survivor? What? He, he's the survivor. From the, from the television show. Survivor. I was over in Australia. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Seinfeld. Nine of them inhabit this region. Oh. It was harrowing. Oh. You come across a tie pan on the trail? You get bit, you're dead. Oh. 30 minutes flat. Boy, I'll tell you, that's a very interesting story. Let me tell you. I was in a concentration camp. You never even suffered one minute in your life compared to what I went through. Look, I'm saying, I'm saying we spent 42 days trying to survive. We had very little rations, no snacks. Snacks? We, what are you talking snacks? We didn't eat sometimes for a week. For a month, we made nothing. I went from home. I mean, I couldn't even work out when I was over there. They certainly didn't have a gym. What? I mean, I wore my sneakers out, and then the next thing you know, I've got a pair of flip-flops. Flip-flops? We slip on the ground, on the dirt. 
Okay, 118 degrees during the day, 98 at night with 98% humidity. 45 degrees below zero. Did you guys have a bathroom? A bathroom? We didn't have we one. We had 12 people at a time would go and shit. Well, I'm sure you had toilet paper. We had newspaper. We had mosquitoes. We mosquitoes. Certainly didn't have mosquitoes. You see this glass eye? Huh? Huh? Have you even seen the show? Did you ever see our show? It was called the Holocaust. Look, all I know is I was damn close to that million dollars, all right? And the whole time, everyone's backstabbing me and undermining me, trying to get me kicked off the show. You don't, don't aggravate yourself here. about survival. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. I'm a Oh my God, is that not the funniest thing ever? I think that's what kind of put Curb on the map. It's like season four. I mean, what was funnier than bringing a guy from the show Survivor? That guy was brilliant. That guy Colby is really funny. And oh, that's all I could think every time they say Survivor. I can't stop thinking about that episode. I'm a Survivor. You know, when on that show, we had we had to use flip-flops. It's so unbelievably awesomely insulting to anyone <laughs> that's so great oh damn that larry david's good isn't he god damn so that's all i could think about i just keep meeting survivors i mean i know i'm being an asshole about it but it's like i mean it was so it was, I, I don't know what to say i can't stop laughing when they keep telling me i mean that's a horrible thing oh you're a survivor what do you, you had flip-flops not oh, good for you but it is funny because there is something to it where I know they're survivors from cancer and from, you know, uh, this aortic thing or whatever. And, you know, but I don't know. Maybe we should use a different word. There's something about being in the goddamn concentration camps. That's a true survivor. That's surviving. I know. We need a different word, but maybe we don't because most of the people from the Holocaust that were survivors are probably gone by now, but... They're certainly like 100 years old, but it does seem, I know he was just talking about the show, but I don't know. I know they are survivors, you know, but I guess there's, you know, some people that are worse off than others. But, you know, I feel like we should keep one word to remember, you know, that the Holocaust was just, I mean, what these, I can't even imagine. I can't even think about when he, it, when that old man was talking about it, you know, it just makes it, I, I can't even can't even imagine you know it's just it, it's something we don't even want to think about so that's why i hear the word survivor i don't want to hear that word because it you know reminds me you know my mother that's all she ever talks about all the time those are the bedtime stories i used to get <laughs> six million david good night <laughs> um anyway uh after saturday i went home and then had to go back out again you know which i hate i like prefer to stay out uh, but we went to see Tootsie because I was with Amy Yazbek, who is somehow related to the man who wrote the music and lyrics, David Yazbek, who I know through my friend Bob Golden. And that's why I was able to see a uh, thing and try and be in the mix to play the Bill Murray part in Tootsie, which I did not get and I didn't want to see because I didn't want to see this guy in the role. But review... First of all, it was very exciting sitting with uh, Amy, and uh, she had two other friends with her, which uh, were duds, but um, they were survivors, so um, whatever, <laughs> And uh, but Amy is beautiful, 
and cool. And we uh, it was exciting sitting next to her, if I can be uh, bold. And she wants to come on this podcast. She goes, when are you going to let me do your podcast? I'm like, you want to do my podcast? Why? And I'm like, she's like, well, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, we would talk about your organization, just like I talk with my friend Joe Messina, which I can never remember what his organization does. It's Hope and Heroes, and he can tell me a hundred times, and for some reason I forget, because what he told me once is what I want it to be, and it's another thing, but it's still a good organization. And so I don't still even know what Amy's organization does. I don't listen. I'm a man. I'm only listening to myself. And so we'll talk about your organization, and then for an hour and a half, I'll tell you how brilliant your ex-husband was. Uh, are you good with that? Because that's, that's what my show is. And, uh, and of course, we could talk about your career for five minutes. Uh, but, you know, it's just like, I'm like, she's like, that's what you do? And I'm like, well, you can ask Harold Ramis's daughter. I had her on, and it was basically, she's like, well, I don't really want to talk too much. And I'm like, no, that's all right. I'll talk enough for the both of us about how brilliant your dad was and how much he meant to me. And I'll say the exact same thing about John Ritter, because it's a fact. Um, but anyway, I sat next to her. But as we were going in, we met the guy who wrote the book for Tootsie, not the original movie, but the Broadway one, who I had met when we first saw the thing. And I didn't recognize him because he usually wears a bow tie. His name is Robert Horn. And he goes, hey, I can get a seat. I can get us better seats. So he got us much better seats because I don't know where Amy was going. We were in row N. That's not for a celebrity. So we got in row three and we were sitting next to the author of Tootsie. Now, a couple things. Number one. Uh, David Yazbek wants this to be, as maybe some of you have seen the advertisements, I don't know whether they show them out of town. I assume they do because that's what they're made for. You know, come to Broadway, you'll see this musical. Um, they just have people laughing, laughing because he wants me to bring in Sarah Silverman, Jeff Ross, David Tell, and then for them to tweet about that this is the funniest show they've ever seen. That's what he wants. He wants this to be, he thinks this is the funniest musical ever made the funniest musical ever made it's not about the music it's just about the comedy and that's why the ads reflect that and everybody's laughing and laughing and laughing but the musical is very good it's fun it's entertaining the lead actor santino fontana i think that's his name is great the musical is a lot of fun i did was not bored for a second but it is not it cannot be compared to the book of mormon which is the funniest musical ever made by a mile. Um, so that's that. However, uh, Robert Horn is sitting there and he has trouble sitting there. He's, it's just like an author, author. I could not get the clip uh, of Al Pacino sitting there backstage waiting for the laughs. He's sitting there and he's going ballistic because it's not as many laughs as he wants. And so at the intermission, he was going to leave. He couldn't take it. He's going to, I got to watch from the back. I got to watch from the back. I can't take it. And somebody, the stage manager said, if you leave, they're going to notice that there's an empty seat there, that somebody didn't like the casket. He's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. So he had to come back and sit with us. But, and I told him, I'm like, what are you talking about? Everybody was having a great time. But I guess apparently another night, he was like, Saturday nights are horrible. I'm like, I don't know what that, I'm not in the Broadway community yet. And, uh, He's like, Saturday nights are horrible. I don't know how that can be, but apparently it's a thing. And I guess they just weren't laughing enough as he thought they would laugh. But, you know, I mean, it's certainly funny. It's This guy's very, very good. But, you know, and the music is, of course, the typical Broadway show music that if you hate Broadway or like Broadway, you're going you're gonna to absolutely hate. There's nothing special. There's no song you leave. You know, the usual stuff. But it is certainly by a long shot not, I mean, it's very good. Usual stuff. And soon the daylight will be gone. 
I mean, if you hate musicals, you hate this opening number. But if you're Dave Jessica, you're like, well, you're expecting this opening number. You know? You're just going, uh, you're going, you're going, isn't there another way to open a, a musical number? You know, I'm all, a, you know, I'm all about that chorus line opening. A five, six, seven, eight, you know, and it really brings you in. This is normal. It's normal. It's no big deal. This is what most of Broadway is. Um, the girl who played Sandy was actually excellent. Um, and she does uh, this song, which was actually kind of fun. This is I'll tough. I'll try to go to bed with fear of failure flapping like a fruit bat in my head. I'll sleep for half an hour. The clock will ring at six. I'll wake up in the shower with a stomach full of bricks. So I won't have any breakfast, maybe just a little tea. Like when you have to go and get a colonoscopy, which incidentally isn't half as disconcerting or upsetting as going for a part you know there's no way that you're getting. But anyway, I'm heading downtown for the audition where everything I'm dreading will be coming to fruition. And here's what's gonna happen. I'll walk in weak with hunger and there's a dozen girls who look like me but 10 years younger. I'll go into the bathroom and I'll try to vocalize and I'll be singing ring a ring a ring a ring a ring but I'll be hearing Sandy suck. She really sucks. She really, really, really blows. And she's old and she's lame and then someone calls my name and here's what happens. I'll walk into the room. The girls... I mean, that's a fun song and she was really, really good. I mean, I'm telling you, there was nothing wrong with the show at all it was really good if you've seen the movie you were still okay with it or was i just okay because i had already seen it before kind of in the uh bringers thing but um no it was good it was good it was really good and you know i um if you've seen the movie i don't think you'll be disappointed in any way uh with it like i said it all comes down to the star and he's really good and he won the tony for it and um it was good stuff uh this is the um this is the song I would sing if this guy leaves or, you know, have an opportunity. This would have been my song. And uh, Not long ago, there was a man, an angry guy, awkwardly aging, committed, but kind of self-destructive, winding his way through life till ambition and circumstance conspired to deliver an opportunity no one except a megalomaniacal actor with nothing to really lose would consider. So then, of course, this guy puts, oh yeah, this guy is you, in case you were wondering, puts on a dress and wig and heels and actually gets the part and surprisingly everything goes very well. But then, and how do I say it? You fucked it up. You really fucked it up. You got applause. You... I could do that, right? Can't you picture Dave Jessica doing that? It comes at the opening of Act Two. Everybody's still getting their seats, so I'm totally used to that. You know, because I'm the, you know, I'm the opener, so I'm used to everybody still going in their seats while I'm on stage performing. This would be perfect for me. <laughs> uh, this guy was good, and he's certainly old enough looking where that that wouldn't be an issue at all. I probably look younger than him anyway, uh, but yeah, I gotta say it was fun. And this is the uh, the guy who uh, the lead guy Sent Sentano Sentino Fontana Sentino Fontana. What are you doing? you do when suddenly you realize the calendar inside your head is running out of pages what do you do if you can see the odds are good you'll never be the person you've been trying for for ages is it luck is it fate is it something that you ate like an overwhelming plate of humble pie what do you do when everything you wanted more than life itself is laughing at you calling you a jerk what do you do you make it work 
I mean, you know, like I said, there's there's no boring. I mean, if you like Broadway, you're gonna like it. If you don't like Broadway, you're gonna hate all of these songs because they all sound like the stuff that you're like, ugh. But and if you're in between, you're gonna have a good time. If you're from out of town, I highly recommend this show. It's um, it's really entertaining. It was very good. It was very funny. But is it as funny as Yazbek wants it to be? Eh, you know, I don't know. Is that important? Does it even matter? But the important thing, it was a definitely fun time. Amy and I had a good time. I walked her back to her hotel. You're welcome. Um, and then um, the next day, I emailed David Yazbek, and I said, listen, kid. <laughs> I said, um, I saw the play. It was wonderful. And if this guy, I still think you made a mistake. With, no, you didn't make a mistake with this guy. But if this guy leaves, come on. Give a Jew a shot. And then I said, um, you know, he's working on the Princess Bride musical. Come on. I don't care what it is. Just let me audition. And I said, also, I'm having a show on the 19th if you want to come. And he said, uh, yeah, I might be able to come on the 19th, but we are solidifying the Princess Bride stuff. So we're in, you know, I, I don't know. I'm like super busy with that, but I want to come and I will definitely let you audition. So what are you going to do? That's the best I can do. I mean, the best I could do is go out and just audition all the time. But right now, this is the best I can do. And, uh, you know, whatever. You know, I got, uh, you know, what do you want me to do? What else am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to bring everybody to see his show? Come on, you got to get back and forth. Get back and forth here. You got to give something. But I, uh, my review is, is that uh, Tootsie is very, very entertaining, and I do recommend it. So if you're in town, I highly recommend Beetlejuice and Tootsie at this point, uh, which I have uh, very much enjoyed both of them. Uh, Beetlejuice, I'd go see again. Huh. I, mean, I might see Tootsie again. I'm telling you. It was pretty good. Beetlejuice had some snappier songs and different. Um, but Tootsie was good. You know, like I said, I was never bored, never fell asleep. Um, I guess that's how I judge stuff. Isn't that how everybody judges stuff? Got it. So, and oh my God, by the way, Tootsie, the best theater in town. The Marriott Marquis. It's at the goddamn hotel. Oh, I've been waiting to see a show. I should just go to every show they have there. That's the best one. Whether it's hot, whether it's cold, you're waiting in the hotel. It's perfect. So, that, you know, when you're meeting somebody there, it's perfect. It's not on the street, um, let alone they have my private bathrooms there. You know what I'm saying? The VIP bathrooms that during intermission, I go to another floor. I go to the bathrooms there. I'm all by myself. There's no line. I can't believe people don't know. Oh, I shouldn't have put it out there, but I do. It's beautiful. I mean, these are the bathrooms I've been using since the 80s when in New York. I just find a different floor. The lobby's on the eighth floor. I find another floor. Private bathrooms. It's fantastic. Fantastic. So. Yeah, that was Saturday, and that was terrific. Uh so that's our review on Tootsie. And uh, he didn't do the, uh, well, Mr. Woody doing Southern accent. He didn't. He didn't do it like that. That's right. He made it his own. Perfectly fine. And they, 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 they it was very, very good. I'm sorry. I just, I'm now thinking about it more. And I'm like, I really did enjoy the uh, acting. Uh, the characters were excellent. The lead girl, not great. 
the one he falls in love, the Jessica Lang one. She's she was black. It, it, that was okay. I didn't have a problem with that. <laughs> Sometimes I do, but only if they're unattractive. Um, uh, remember, that's what I realized. Um, I told Marina this too. Uh, but she just wasn't that good. Like that girl in Groundhog Day, that wasn't very good. But that's all right. Sometimes I feel like maybe they do it that way so the lead actor stands out, you know, or they do it with a, you know, with an actress and stuff. Um, because I've seen so many amazing performances by actresses on Broadway. This is not one of them. You know, I'm a big supporter of actresses who are amazing actresses on Broadway or in general, like Kate Blanchett in uh, Blue Jasmine or something, you know. So I'm not saying that. She just, she was subpar. You could have had anybody do that role. Um, like like the, the mother in Dear Evan Hansen is now teaching Clay. I mean, I don't know where she gets off winning a Tony or being on anything. She stinks. So whatever. Anyway, Sunday, I was supposed to, uh, my sister, you know, Sunday I had my standing time at the New York Comedy Club. And I was supposed to meet my sister because Billy is in this new production of something. Is it The Little Mermaid? I don't know what it is. Where they're tr- no, it's head over heels. That's what it is. And they're trying to do a youth version, and he was in it. And somebody got in it, but he was miserable because he's only in the chorus. You believe this kid? He's miserable because he's in the chorus because he didn't finally get the lead this time. This guy's oh my god, he's so affected. But my sister went to see it twice. Oh my god, it's in the city somewhere. She goes, "Can you meet me in between?" I'm like, um, "Yes." But then Sarah called and said, "Do you want to have brunch with?" <laughs> Sarah goes, she goes, you want to have brunch with me and Tiffany Haddish? And I'm like, Beth, I can't make it. Right? I'm like, uh, <laughs> screw that. Plus, I hadn't seen Sarah. She's been here like two months. I've only seen her once. I'm like, I'm going to do that. Plus, where she was was where I needed to be later. So it all made sense. And Beth was by the marathon. And I didn't want to be anywhere near there, which is why I couldn't wait to leave my neighborhood early. Marathon sucks. You know, when I'm trying to sleep, all I hear is applauding and yelling. I'm like, shut up out there. I'm like in every New York movie, open up the window, shut the fuck up, fuck you. I like that scene in Ted 2 we like. Hey, I'm starving, what the hell are you doing over there? I'm curing cancer. I'm cooking your fucking steak, what do you think I'm doing? What, what do I think you do? I think you're bleeding us dry, is what I think you're doing. Look at this, look at this, $129 at Filene's basement. What are you buying over there, Tammy? Gold bars? I need clothes for work, all right, Teddy? What do you mean? You, you wear a smock. You're a fucking cashier. Yeah, so are you. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not I'm not going out and buying designer shit. Oh, I'm not no, walking, no, no, I'm not no, going no. Into You're t- just buying weed. You're just buying drugs. You should fucking talk. I was talking. I was just talking just now until you interrupted me. Well, I had to interrupt you or else I never get to fucking say anything. Are you going to let me finish You're talking? You're always cutting me are off. Are you going to let me finish talking? You know what? It's are you going to let me finish good talking? At work, are okay? you going to let me finish? I am trying to you, climb the corporate fence here, Nobody's in there to look at your ass.
Hey, you shut the fuck up! Why don't you come down and make me tough guy? Hey, why don't you come up here and make me come down here, tough guy? I am gonna come up there, and I'm gonna kick your fucking ass! Hey, why don't you try it, asshole? Get your ass up here and kick my ass! Hey, Yeah, me too. She's worse than us. Yeah, she's our enemy now. Oh, God, that works for me a hundred times. It's so damn funny. Oh, but yeah, that's what I was like out my window. Shut the fuck up. You shut up. They're trying to run a marathon. Yeah, I'm an old man now. I yell out the window like that. That's what we're supposed to do in the big city, right? So uh, anyway, on Sunday, I... Uh, Met Sarah and, and we and, and we had a little brunch and we had a good time. Plus, so this is funny. So, well, it's not that funny. So, I read the post before I came, and uh, Sarah goes, "Hey, did you hear what happened with Trump at the UFC fight the other day at Madison Square Garden?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, no, I heard it was a good thing for him." She goes, "What are you talking about?" I heard that he he didn't, you know, that they were happy he didn't get booed. He finally found a place where he didn't get booed, and she's like, "What are you talking about? He totally got booed." Look, here's the clip. And she played me a clip, and I'm like, well, in the paper, they said, she goes, what paper are you reading? I'm like, were, she goes, did you, were you reading the post? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, yeah. that's a Trump, like, paper. That's why they said the opposite. And they really did. I mean, I have the article right in front of me where they said he wasn't booed. And then she showed me the clip where he was booed. And so then the next day, she was thinking about it so much. She goes, would you do me a favor and please just for one week try the Daily News instead of the post? And I said, uh, no. And then I said, actually, I answered back because she's doing a movie with J-Lo. I said, how can I do that? The only reason I get the post is because on page three, there's usually a sexy picture of you and J-Lo. How would I let that go? That's what the post does. That's why I buy the post. Page three always has a hot photo of some girl. And sometimes it's Sarah. Sometimes it's J-Lo. It's usually Jessica Alba for some reason where they're obsessed with her. How can I let that go? And then she just shut up because that's how you that's how you combat a woman. <laughs> I mean, as sexist as that sounds, it's kind of funny, right? Yeah, but they always have sexy pictures of you on page three. Well, I, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's sexist, all right. But let's face it. Who doesn't want to be complimented? As sleazy as that sounds. Um, meanwhile, uh, Bloomberg just announced he is possibly running. I'm all in. He's running as a Democrat. I may change parties. I'm all in on Bloomberg. I'm going to email him tomorrow and say, not only do I want to join the campaign, but let's help me win Manhattan Borough president. I love this Bloomberg guy. I love this plan. I am all in. Bloomberg, 2020. He'll fix everything. I didn't even think about the fact, oh, the first Jupe. Oh, well, that's one we'll probably lose. I didn't even think about that. Well, that'll come up. And then they're like, no, he's not going to make the debates in time. That's what, like, he's not going to make the debates in time. He's not going to make the debates. I'm like, who cares? Who cares? Let's have him come in last minute. Let's have him come in in October of next year. He'll still, you know, maybe he'll still beat all these idiots that they're campaigning. Nobody cares. Bloomberg's the guy. He's terrific, I think. I'm not crazy, right? He'll be great. He'll be a great president. I don't know. I'm, I'm all in. I'm all in. I was looking for anybody I can sink my teeth into. Because I'm sorry, uh, you know. I mean, I'm not. I mean, it, it, this, the, the the Trump experiment needs to end. It needs to end. It was fun. It was hilarious. 
But, you know, four years was was the perfect experiment. Now we got to move on. We got to move on. We have to move on. We're going to end up in a civil war again. That's no good. Look what that did to Lincoln. Although there's still so much comedy in, uh, you know, the Lincoln assassination at this point, as Alan Alda tells us. I love New York. I was born in that building right there behind the, the guy, uh, the statue there, the guy in the pedestal. I love New York. It's like a, it's like thousands of uh, straight lines just looking for a punchline, you know? And what makes New York such a funny place is that there's so much tension and pain and misery and craziness here. And they got that's the first part of comedy. But see, you got to get some distance from it. You know what I mean? That the main, the thing to remember about comedy is if it's if it bends, it's funny. If it breaks, it's not funny. So you got to get back from the pain. You see what I mean? But the, the uh, like they said, they asked me up in uh, uh, at Harvard. A bunch of kids asked me, what, "What's comedy?" So I said, and then this this is part of what I'm trying to say about getting back from. It. They, I, I said, "Comedy is tragedy plus time." Tragedy plus time. See, when the night Lincoln was shot, you couldn't joke about it. You couldn't make a joke about that. He just couldn't do it. Now time has gone by, and now it's fair game. See what I mean? It's tragedy plus time. Okay, we're out. That's it? So fast? I shut up ten rolls on your first question. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, uh, that's the uh, story of that. So Monday, uh, so, so Monday... So Sunday, when I was out, Marina's like, are you coming tomorrow for my last day? I'm going to ring the bell. I'm like, oh, I'm not falling for that again. And I was like, I, I feel like I've gone enough. Uh, but, but of course, if you need me, I'll be there. And she's like, see you then. Damn it. I really did try and get out of it. But I got to say, it was cute as a button watching her ring the bell. I have like video of it. And it was the cutest thing I have ever seen. Her ringing the bell. It's a bell when your treatment's over. They just have it at the hospital. I didn't know what it was either, and uh, it was really, it was worth it. I'm glad I went. And so then, uh, Monday night, the Giants were playing the Cowboys on Monday Night Football. Now, I don't know whether you've heard or seen this at this point, but the greatest thing happened on Monday Night Football. Um, A black cat ran onto the field for like 10 minutes and looked just like Selena because he was fat. Um, I think, I can't remember what his name is. Uh, I think, I want to say it was Brian or something. Uh, it turns out it's just a cat that hangs out at the Meadowlands or something. I don't know. They, 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 they there was a, another story, but you know, I don't know what it was doing there, but I kept tweeting that it was Selena that I had accidentally brought her to the tailgate. Has anyone seen her? Cause it, it halted the game, but the best is, and it's so cute. And the pictures are so funny cause there's just a tiny cat on this huge field, you know, on the big screen. And even when you see it on your TV and people have, I paused it and took a picture. I mean, it's so cute. It's so adorable. And they have a close-up of the cat's face and it halted the game. The crowd was going crazy and the cat scored a touchdown. (laughs) The cat went crazy. And this guy, Kevin Harlan, who's a great play-by-play guy for Westwood Radio when I listen, you know, my car from driving or on my headset, he had set my phone, whatever. Um, he did the call for the cat, and it is so much fun. I'm going to play it for you now. Oh, there's a cat. A black cat has taken the field. 
A black cat is running from the 20 to the near side, the 10. From the 39 in Dallas, here's a short throw down the middle, caught by Ingram. Caught at the 35, went to the 30. Now the cat running the other way, and so is Ingram at the 30 to the 25, near the 24-yard line of the Dallas Cowboys. It's a catch and run of 15. Now the cat has stopped at the 50. So is it bad luck for the Giants? Is it bad luck know. for the Cowboys? I don't know, but they've stopped playing. The players with hands on hips are watching the cat run and zigzag all over the field. The black cat is at the other end of the field. He's black at the cat eight. doesn't know that it was last Thursday that was Halloween. Thursday oh, night right. football, yeah, not Monday night football. He's a little bit late. Now he is sitting <laughs> and looking. Now he's at the five. He's Who brought the walking. cat? He's walking to the three. He's at the two. And the cat is in the CDW red zone. CDW, people who get it now, a policeman, a state trooper has come on the field. And the cat runs into the end zone. That is a touchdown. And the cat is elusive. Kind of like Barkley and Elliott. But he didn't know where to go. Look at they're trying to corner him. And they got him in the end zone. There are state troopers all around this cat, which now climbs up into the stands. And the fans are running for their line. Now it goes back on the field again. And it's running in the back of the end zone. And it runs up the tunnel. <laughs> I mean, what is better than that? That not only did he take goes for the touchdown, but then he also put it, and he's in the CDW red zone. Like, you know, he put in an ad. <laughs> the guy, if this guy isn't a professional, then I don't know who is. <laughs> and I mean, if you're watching it live, it was unbelievable. But obviously, you can see it anywhere on YouTube. The cat's just sitting there, but then it goes for the touchdown, and everybody goes crazy. That's one of the best calls I've ever heard in my life. There's somebody who totally gets it. And, uh, and that's a touchdown! Wait, let's, let's play that part again. It was too funny. Can I do that? He's Who brought the walking. cat? He's walking to the three. He's at the two. And the cat is in the CDW red zone. CDW, people who get it now, a policeman, a state trooper has come on the field, and the cat runs into the end zone! That is a touchdown! <laughs> that's unbelievable! Oh, my God. That was, like, the best. That's so funny, right? Oh, I'm so glad that uh, he did something like that. It's, it makes me so happy. So anyway, that night uh, I started watching. So Apple TV has this new show with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon and Steve Carell. It's called The Morning Show. So I said, well, I'm going to watch this. So I don't have Apple TV. I found that a different way. So I'm like, oh, this. I mean, they made such a big deal about it. Well, I will tell you this. It stinks. It stinks. I watched the first episode. I don't think I could sit through another unless somebody specifically tells me that it gets better. And I'll tell you why it stinks. It stinks. And I'm just going to say it. And at this point, I get I, I, it's hard to say because then I have friends who are friends with people and stuff. But I have to say, because this podcast has to be true, Jennifer Aniston, I stick by my face. She is a horrible actress, an absolute just no fun to watch person and she ruins the show whereas Reese Witherspoon is clearly a professional and every time she's on it's entertaining Steve Carell obviously a professional he's fun these are actors you want to see Jennifer Aniston is really bad and if she wasn't good looking I really don't know what kind of career she would have she was absolutely brilliant on Friends and that is where it should have ended she ruins the show. She's a very bad actress. I've never seen her in a performance that I've enjoyed besides Friends. 
where she really is perfect. And it's just, it's, it's disturbing. And that's all I could think about. I wanted to tweet it and, and, and write an article on how bad it was because I just don't understand why she's still given work when you're with these actual professionals. Reese Witherspoon's an Oscar-winning actress, and it makes sense, and that's why she's really good, and, it, and, and she's just so far above anything that Jennifer Aniston has ever or will ever done. And I'm not just saying that because I worship Legally Blonde. I swear it's not that because I worship Friends just as much. She's just not good. She's not good. And for me, the show suffers. For me, and obviously this is where we'll differ, this is the way I feel about Denzel Washington. I don't get any energy from Denzel Washington. I have never liked him. I find him to be very dull and boring. I don't enjoy watching him in things. There are certain people that just, you know, make you like, I'm enjoying this because I like this guy's performance. We always talk about, Christopher Reeve as an outstanding example not a good actor but some reason his performances were always mesmerizing because I don't know he was just charming in his idiocy he wasn't a very good actor but there was something about him and maybe it's just for the fact that he was Superman but then why wouldn't that carry over if I like Rachel Green's performance why wouldn't I say I like her because she'll always be Rachel Green I think that's the way I probably feel about Matt LeBlanc. I'm like, well, I'm always going to give him a chance because he's Joey. But now we've given Jennifer Aniston a bunch of chances, and I don't like anything she's ever done. I mean, I can't, I can't, it's very difficult to watch her in anything. And I've seen a bunch of her stuff, but it's always bad. Maybe Office Space, but just for her looks. I mean, and that was everybody else's performance that was good. Certainly nobody ever talks about the fact that Jennifer Aniston is in office space because we don't care. Uh, meanwhile, then I watched, uh, and you know, I mean, it's Apple TV. Who know? You know, all these new platforms are starting, the Disney Plus, all this nonsense, right? And then you have this, um, you know, if that's how they're going to open up the morning show, they only put three episodes out. They don't even, they don't even let you binge watch it. They're not even ready. They have the platform anyway. So then they also have Snoopy in space, a new Peanuts thing. And quite frankly, that was great. It was great because it was each episode's only five minutes long. And so there's no way to lose. This morning show thing was going an hour. I'm like, when is this going to end? When is this going to end? It's absolutely horrible. The worst part is knowing that they keep saying it's not about Matt Lauer, but... Are you crazy? It's the exact premise of what happened to Matt Lauer. So they're doomed. Unless they just, because they have nothing else, they pick it up. It's one of the worst shows I've ever seen. And if it was on another network except for its stars, it would be canceled immediately. It was god-awful. So unless somebody else tweets me and says, you got to stick with it, I couldn't even fathom watching another episode unless they... Jennifer Addison's only in the pilot, and they move on to do something else. It's a bad show. So we've given you two reviews today on our three, technically, if you count the peanuts, which, why would we? But it was good enough. <laughs> you know, it's so stupid, but I was so glad it was only five minutes. Um, I mean, I only watched the first two episodes. There's like 12. Uh, I don't know. I like Snoopy this time of year, you know, I'm thinking I just watched the Halloween special and I watched the Christmas one, so I'm always hoping it's going to be whatever. Anyway, so we give you a Tootsie in a, an, a, an excellent review and a very bad review for the morning show. Uh, I'm like, I'm doing Siskel and Ebert. 
So why can't I say that, right? I guess I can. I mean, if we're doing movie reviews, but it's just like now sometimes when I'm with Sarah and we go to brunch, I can't tell her this kind of stuff because it's possible. I don't think she's friends with Jennifer Aniston, but she is friends with everyone else. So I can never say any of this anymore because also there could be people listening. There could be those people at the restaurants we go to. So I can only tell you guys because this is how much it bothered me. Sometimes I would keep my mouth shut in the sense that I might you know, be friends with her. I know Howard seems to like her now. Quite frankly, when she was on Howard Stern, I thought she was a horrible guest. I thought she was very entitled and weird and just not a good guest at all. But I, I don't know. You know, it's just, it's just she's not good. And she's just clearly no fun. And uh, I, I don't know. It, it, she ruined the the show, which maybe could have been good. But again, if you're, it's also, uh, you know, I guess maybe also because the shit kind of happened to me, but in a much, much lesser way. Maybe I was looking at it that way. I don't know. But I'm just saying I could probably get over it all because Reese Witherspoon's performance was really good. And she's cute as a button. And Jennifer Aniston's technically, you know, hotter. But who cares? She's really poor actress. So uh, the last thing I'll bring up today is on uh, Wednesday, I did Audrey's show at this place down the street. And I bought two of my friends, thank God, uh, you know, new and approved Caitlin, as we call her. And she bought her friend. And I've told you, each friend of hers is hotter than the next. It's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, it's a small place. And... Uh, we had a good time, but, you know, I was drinking because I was last and there was nowhere to go. So I was drinking. By the time I got on stage, I was pretty loaded. So I felt a little bad, but I did okay. And Audrey went on and she did really good, too, because I think she had a lot of friends there and stuff. And at the end, when well, we went to another bar, she's like, how do you think I did? I said, I think you were good. Your jokes were there. Your you know presence is good, but you're just missing the funny. So you got to work on that. And then when I realized when I said that she got so violent and angry, can you blame her? It was a dick move on my part. I was a little loaded by that time and I should have worded it better, but that is her problem. But I shouldn't have said it. In fact, I should have just never told her that. I really fucked up. I felt horrible. She stormed out. I texted her. I apologized. She kind of forgave me, but we haven't really been talking. And um, I don't know, maybe at this point, if that's where it ends, maybe it's best at this point. She's just been really nothing but trouble at, you know, in this juncture. And I certainly know many people her age that are just friends. She's very, you know, it's like I tried to get her a job the other day. And I was like, can I recommend her for a job? She's a little aggressive and headstrong. And I, ugh, you know, I don't know. I mean, she's very nice, very nice, but there is this stuff about her that's uh, it's difficult to introduce her to people. And that's why I think I get worried when she takes numbers. Uh, but, you know, she I think she just wants friends. But anyway, what I said to her is true. There's something just not funny about it. She's not funny, and it's not coming out on stage. She's just missing this thing, which, you know, you have to work on if you're not funny, like Mike Royce, which is a great example, I tweeted this thing from our alumni magazine where I say I got me too, you know, I photoshopped myself, but my friend Mike Royce was in the magazine and he works on One Day at a Time. He's the showrunner. 
and he was never funny, but he was smart enough to work it out where he became a good comedian. He because between his joke writing and doing it enough, he became funny. But Audrey's just not funny on stage. It just doesn't come across how fun she is in person. Uh, she's like a different character on stage, and it's for me, it's just not. That's what's missing. And she keeps asking me my opinion, but I should not have. I fucked up. Should have kept that to myself that night. Damn it. I'm upset with myself. And and that's one of those things that'll probably bother me forever. You know, that that was a dick move and um, just completely, really unacceptable. And, uh, ugh. I am a little upset with myself about it. But uh, let's move on and um, think about something else. By the way, there's a new movie, which you know Dave Jessica is going to love. It's called Last Christmas. And it's with, uh, what, Amelia Clark from uh, Game of Thrones and that unbelievable Chinese guy from uh, Crazy Rich Asians. You know, that handsome fella. And it's, uh, you know, a romantic comedy, which Dave Jessica likes. But I didn't realize it was based on the classic George Michael song for this time of the year. I mean, this song rules. I mean, George Michael's a genius. We did a whole podcast on his geniusness. He was a gay guy that did all right. <laughs> That's what my dad would have said. Well, he's gay, but he's, his songs are amazing. I mean, let's face it. This is a classic song. I mean, it's no Mariah Carey, you know, but it's a really good song. I didn't realize that the movie was based on this and George Michael was supposed to be involved with it. Apparently, I just read about it today. And he was supposed to be involved, but then he died. So this movie has been in the works for a long time. And then he died. And so then I think the, his uh, manager and estate and Andrew Ridgely even said, yeah, let's do this anyway. So I'm okay if a movie is just going to use this song and stuff. You know that's going to be awesome. Um, and they then they put in a whole bunch of other George Michael songs, apparently. So that's kind of great. But... The uh, apparently then the reviews came out and the movie's supposed to stink, so that that's too bad. It's supposed to be really bad. I mean, I just saw the review today, and uh, sure, I'll like it anyway, right? I mean, right? Who doesn't like a good uh, Christmas romantic comedy? Well, I'm just gonna watch the Hallmark Channel for the rest of Christmas. Isn't that what? Isn't that what we like? Everybody likes that. Oh, I like it. But I got yeah, that George Michael's all right. Oh, that's the thing. I'm trying to get this Love Actually date. I don't have the date settled yet. Liz doesn't have the dates yet because Mateo is in high demand. He's like, you better let me know. I'm very busy. And I'm like, look at this guy. Hey, you believe that? This guy's all over the place. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Mateo. I started him. I could have made a fortune. He's the best piece of ass I ever had, Mateo. Yeah, but what's the point of doing Love Actually if you don't have Mateo sing the Mariah Carey song like 10 times? That's... It puts asses in the seats. If you don't have Mateo Lang singing the Ray Carey Christmas song, what is the point of doing Love Actually? I'll have to find somebody else. Ugh, it's tough. Mateo's the man. All right. Well, we're going to end on a little Tommy action as we began today.
God, I love it. I love Tommy. I love Tommy. I haven't seen the movie in a while. I think I'm due. I remember I was showing it to my nieces when they were young, and they're like, I don't understand what's going on with the beans. And I'm like, don't worry about it. It's, it's a metaphor. But what, I'm not really sure myself either. So just enjoy Aunt Margaret being covered in beans. Who wouldn't like that? Well, she was something else, huh? Isn't that great? Oh, they also said, by the way, uh, Dr. Sleep, I think it's called. It's like the sequel to The Shining. It's supposed to be really good. So that looks like fun. So there's a lot to look forward to. Anyway, that's our show for today. We talked for quite a while. Uh, And uh, I don't know what's up for the uh, next week, but I know it's going to be good. We're going into the best part of the season. We're all going to have a good time. Thanksgiving upcoming. Hanukkah, Christmas after that. And then New Year's, which sucks. But um, we'll see. Oh, my God, I forgot to tell you. I'm pausing. Forgot to tell you, my hair. Got to tell you, went for the appointment. Went for the appointment for my hair, uh, the yearly thing. I remember I told this guy I was going to go in guns blazing. Listen, you quack. So get this. Can't believe I forgot this. Because it only happened on Wednesday, which was yesterday, two days ago. So he goes, looks good. And I go, I feel differently. I'm not happy. And he took a picture of me that day. And then he's like, well, that's because you're not wearing your hair right. And he put it to the side, which when it goes to the side, I feel like I look off like Adolf Hitler. So there's no way just because he says I got a part on the side, I'm parting on the side. Forget it. That's no thanks. So he shows me a comparison from when he first took my picture to today. And I said, I'm sorry. I just don't see a difference. And he goes, well, maybe. Why don't we do another procedure? And I said, well, I don't have a job anymore and I don't have any more money. And he goes, no, no, I'll just do another procedure. And I'm like, you will? And then I felt bad. And then I started backtracking. I'm like, no, no, that's that's not necessary. You know, whatever. He goes, no, 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 listen, take the offer now. You just do it. We'll just do it when we both have time, when I have downtime, you have downtime, like around February, and we'll just do it. And I'm like, really? Then I felt bad. It was so nice. I'm like, he's going to do another procedure for free. And I'm like, okay. So clearly he must know also, because I said, listen, doc, my friend, everybody knows. I'm being honest about it. I know you said like you wanted to make it look like it's not happening. I don't care. And everybody knows. I've told everybody. But my friends are like, eh, I don't really see a difference. And then my barber is like, eh. So clearly he noticed, too, that something didn't take. Now, it's possible that the hair that I went in with all fell out, maybe either because I'm not using the Propecia or because of the trauma. So maybe the hair I came in with fell out, and this is all my new hair. We don't know. But clearly there's something wrong. This blows, and I'm not happy, as I've told you in the past. So here we go again. At least, I mean, if I pay all this money, I definitely want to – we got to – Go through it. I mean, it's going to suck again. More staples, more nonsense. But I guess it's the right thing to do. It's certainly the right price. Because, I'm, you know, it it blows. And, and I can't take the Propecia because I suffer from anxiety and depression. So there's no way I can take it. Plus, I don't want to take I'm not taking another pill, especially when I don't have insurance. That's good for my hair. 
before I take, you know, my, when I can't even get thyroid medication. Plus, if you stop those pills, if I stopped, if whether insurance paid for them or not, I don't think they do, but, you, you know, you get stranded in the desert, your hair falls out like that. So I'd rather just, I don't know about this hair thing. I know it's ridiculous, right? And all this kind of stuff is crazy, but at least he acknowledged, you're paying all this money, at least he acknowledged there was an issue. So that's kind of all I wanted to hear that this guy would say, well, you know, it's not the best result I could have hoped for, and I want you to be happy. Because remember, he left the room saying, you're going to be very happy. So had to share that with you, the ongoing hair story of uh, Dave Juskow. Now let's continue the week. Listening to you, I feel... The music. Is that what it is? Listening to you? I feel the music. Yeah. Well, it goes much better. Anyway, okay. Now, that's definitely it for today. But I had to pause it and stop it there because how can I leave you? I'm like, oh, I forgot to talk about the hair. You know, I always turn off and I say, oh, I forgot. But this couldn't wait till next week. It had to be now because maybe we'll have a guest and then I don't want to talk about my hair then. And sometimes I never want to talk about it. But today I felt it was necessary. Now we've gone really long. But uh, anyway, a great podcast, a great week of action and suspense. And I'll see everybody next week. Just be week. This comes out of the 12th. Right. So next week, uh, this podcast will come out during the show, the morning of the show, November 19th at the Comedy Center. Please come down if you can. And then the day after at the Westside Comedy Club. We'll see you next time on the Night Fly. Good night, everybody. <laughs>